0: Hello,
1: welcome to the podcast of Ideas. I'm Rob Lyons. And we're gathered together on the date of Donald Trump's inauguration as US President. And so we've got the team here to discuss that. I'm joined by Claire Fox and Jeff Kidder. We'll talk about Theresa May as well and uh, the prospects for British Brexit. But first of all, Donald Trump. So he's now no longer President-elect. He is actually the President of the United States. How do we
0: feel about this? Claire? It was interesting just watching the the ceremony a little bit because the seriousness of American democracy is brought to the fore in terms of its rituals and the fact that this uh, ceremony of inaugurating a president has been happening every four years for hundreds of years. And I think in contrast to people who are disparaging about democracy, it's an important democratic occasion, the the election of a president uh, of the United States. It is peculiar seeing Donald Trump in that role and he actually looks very serious and very, you know, understanding something of the um, of what he's about to take on in, in the pictures that I was just w- looking at. I While I was watching it, the, um, you know, the kind of email ticker tape was going for the BBC and the thing that's really depressing is that for good reason, there are lots of people who don't support Donald Trump. I'm not a great fan of his either. But the, the the vile abuse of Trump supporters that was coming up on that ticker tape was the depressing thing. People saying it's vile to see all those thousands of racists gathering their stupid hicks. I mean, it's all kind of coming out. And I suppose one of the unpleasant aspects of this inauguration and the build-up to it has been that whatever I fear about Donald Trump's incompetence as a president is nothing on uh, the despair I feel at those people who wish to be so uh, uh, contemptuous of the voters of Donald Trump, who I think have taken a risk for change, to give the establishment a bloody nose, and the establishment are shaken to the core. And I'm hoping that that in and of itself is a positive step forward, even though I'm worried about some of the weaknesses of Trump himself.
2: Well, I agree with much of what Claire says, but um, it's the beginning. Usually, in my experience, the period between the election and the inauguration is fairly quiet time, where people get ready to take over the presidency, the old president leaves the scene. it's been all heat and excitement this time for the past two months. Now Trump has taken power, himself and his team, Uh, many of his ideas which I don't like and many of his team I don't like the look of much either, and from now on we'll see what they plan, and maybe some things I'll be sympathetic to, I'm sure many others I won't, but this is the beginning of him uh, taking power. As Claire said, the people particularly in the media and art, art establishment in America and students or whatever who are saying this is terrible look at the trump supporters that's in many ways the worst aspect of it in relation to democracy they say that trump is a threat to democracy through some of his plans so some of the things he's proposed but really the contempt heaped on the people who voted for him and people saying that they're not really they don't have the sufficient intellect and understanding to to vote and to make those big decisions Even if people still formally support the universal franchise, that is a real threat to democracy going forward. And that viewpoint is held amongst many uh, certain sections of American society and is also very widespread amongst the British elite who are aghast that somebody who doesn't have their sensibilities has been elected president. But that's tough. That's democracy.
1: uh, Yeah, I mean, the way some people are talking about it, it, it does seem like it's not an inauguration but a, a rerun of the nuremberg rally in terms of of trump as a president i i think people possibly overstate just how much he could do obviously in terms of foreign policy uh, he has a much freer hand than in other areas and you know one of the one of the th- things that's been said to barack obama's defense in terms of the the relative lack of a success of his presidency was, well, you know, for most of it, he was dealing with a hostile Congress. And that seems to me that the key here is that it's actually what Congress does that's going to be at least as important as what Trump does. Now, okay, but we have a a, a Republican president and a Republican Congress, but it's clear that Trump does not see eye to eye with the, the Republicans in the House or in the Senate. So h- how much actually gets done uh, will, will, will you know, sort of remains to be seen. But the idea that he's going to have a complete free hand about everything he, he might want to do, regardless of the attitude of the Republican Party, seems um, a bit naive. I think there's plenty of room there for conflict.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the point, isn't it? I mean... It's a democratic process in America based on one of the most fantastically important uh, periods of the modern era in terms of freedom, which was the um, American Revolution and its independence, and its, um, uh, it's symbolically what it represented. And this is not a dictator. I mean, he is the president, but he's the president of a process. He doesn't get to decide everything. It isn't The Apprentice. Uh, he he. that there is more at stake. He is a servant of the people and of the people is represented in all of the different checks and balances presented in, in American democracy. And one of the things that's really annoying is, um, as Jeff said, you know, the, the, the period of quiet. The last week I have read the word impeachment more often than um, we have in kind of years before, which is when are we going to impeach him? And I think that you can seriously say that that is uh, um, uh, judging someone ahead of, you know, people talk about post-factual. I mean, what's that based on? What evidence? You know, they kind of want him to fail, uh, kind of in terms of the liberal elites. The other thing is, is that it's interesting because it's become acceptable to kind of ridicule and make fun of Trump in terms of his showy celebrity, uh, you know, his, his kind of gold tower You know, the kind of uh, well-meaning, deep-thinking liberals uh, uh, and intelligentsia who hate Trump so much uh, really make fun of his showy front. And they say, you know, we have a deeper consideration. Then they basically say Obama's our kind of guy because he's kind of really cool. He's kind of, you know, look at him. And when you actually confront them, and I did last night in a debate at a theatre, um, debating Trump and, and so on, and, I, and various people who attacked uh, Trump uh, and defended Obama, I asked them what they thought of Obama's foreign affairs of uh, history and legacy, the drone attacks, the incredible assaults that the Obama regime has made on uh, civil liberties over the last eight years, all of these things, none of them knew anything about it, right? They were kind of saying he was stopped from doing what he wanted by a hostile uh, Republican uh, kind of blocking mechanism. And I said, yeah, but they didn't encourage him to introduce assaults on civil liberties. They didn't tell him that when he said he was going to close down Guantanamo Bay that you'd still imprison people without trial. They didn't tell him to introduce whole swathes of secrecy. So, you know, Obama is being judged as a cool guy. Completely superficially, as though his kind of good looks and panache is enough to mean that we are not allowed to question, query or scrutinise his political record of what he has done. And in fact, it ends up that the kind of liberal critics of Trump are far more superficial and into celebrity than even he is because they're judging people just by their looks and their shtick and their sensibilities rather than on their political policies.
2: If you look at the the Middle East now, and particularly the... What happened in Libya um, and the responsibility, and obviously Hillary Clinton was central to that, but the Obama administration in the Middle East was was disastrous for the Middle East and still is. And and maybe Trump will be disastrous for other parts of the world or whatever, but he'll be going some to to be worse than than, than what's happened in the Middle East, which is largely ignored by his supporters, um, as Claire said, and even in recent weeks. The massing of troops in Poland and the exercises in a kind of kind of dad's army version of recreating the Cold War. You just wonder what on earth is going on, and you're just almost relieved that Obama is isn't there any longer to do these eccentric actions. Which he wasn't alone. I mean, George Bush before him did did did, did some similar things, but you just think these things are reckless and dangerous for world stability and. Not, I'm not really sorry to to see him go in in those ways, and we will judge uh, Trump on what he does.
1: Um, one group of people that do seem to be quite keen on uh, Donald Trump is our uh, Brexiteers. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, we, this week we had uh, Michael Gove's interview in the Times with Donald Trump, and there there certainly seems to be a, a sense that if. You know, if things go pear shaped in the negotiations with the EU once Article 50 is triggered, then don't worry because we have a friend in the White House now who's is just gasping uh, to cut a free trade deal with the UK. What do we think about that and the, 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 uh, the sort of realities of that? But also, in terms of Theresa May's announcements this week, we're likely to leave the single market we want control of immigration there seems to be an uproar about that as well but it seems to be the logic of the referendum campaign so
0: was that a sensible move by Theresa May was it just realism Um, I think first of all and again just because it's the last time we'll probably discuss Obama in this way there's been quite a, a, a fuss made as Jeff has indicated about the kind of links between Russia and Putin and hacking the election and Effectively, Hillary supporters doing anything to say that she didn't lose, but the Russians intervened, otherwise, she would have sailed home. You know, and when in fact, the Russians had nothing to do with the fact that she ran a lackluster technocratic campaign that ignored uh, uh, the people she called the deplorables. But the reason why I mention that is because, you know, then it was said, well, you know, Putin was delighted that. Uh, um, uh, Trump won and, and probably celebrated when he did, and, and, and this is terrible because he was intervening in the affairs of another country. Well, let us remember that Obama trotted over to the UK in the midst of the campaign about uh, the decisions about whether we should leave the EU and effectively told the British people that they shouldn't leave the EU and if they did, America would put them back at the, back at the queue and you know that is an inter- that is a political intervention into the affairs and democratic uh, discussions of another country i don't mind he said it i'm just saying let's have a sense in which we recognize that in this instance uh, the people of britain ignored the uh, uh, intervention by mr cool dude and actually made a decision to leave the european union Donald Trump, whatever one thinks about him, has basically said, I thought that Brexit was likely to happen and I support Brexit happening. I think the EU uh, was no good for Britain. And I'm perfectly happy to say that Britain won't be at the back of a queue. I'm not going to threaten you with that. I'm happy to say that we'll work out a decent trade relationship. Seems reasonable to me. I think that the, you know, there is a, there is a little bit of a kind of, you know, we're all Brexiteers and Trumpeters together which slightly annoys me because although the um, relationship in terms of the the electorates of both Trump and of Brexit have been treated with contempt and disdain by by their opponents, I, I, I do think that the vote for um, Brexit was a progressive move because the uh, EU is a check on democratic sovereignty and I fully support it. Whereas Trump getting elected might have been enjoyable, um, you know, bop on the nose to the American establishment, but I don't support Trump in the same way. And I think that, therefore, the over-conflation of those two things can be problematic for us. Just in terms of Theresa May, I mean, I'm not a great fan of Theresa May, mainly because she's kind of an epitome of contemporary political technocracy and, you know, everything about her is kind of pragmatic. But I have to say that her speech was exemplary. And what she did was... Deliver a speech and deliver promises in relation to Brexit that, as far as I can see, honour the wishes of the British people. And in that sense, um, I won't let my personal cynicism get in the way of saying that was exactly what she should have done as the uh, as the Prime Minister of this country. She is going to ensure that we leave the EU, and all of the things that she uh, put forward, her internationalist, externally focused rhetoric. The things she talked about in relation to building um, the infrastructure and, 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 and industry of the UK. Uh, the, even, you know, the kind of we won't be intimidated and we'll go without a deal at all. It seemed to me to be a rather fine speech and uh, I welcome it. But we'll hold her to account for it too.
2: Yes, well, uh, I think it was a good speech and I think she's just getting on. We gave the mandate uh, with the referendum and she's getting on with it. Um, and that's what we voted for and and that's what the Prime Minister should do. So despite my criticisms of her, uh, I have very little criticism of of what she did this week and my criticism would still be that they should have triggered Article 50 earlier and made that speech a few months ago. But having said that, uh, just getting on with it seems the right thing to do. On Trump, I mean, Rob made this point earlier about the... Even though the Republicans control Congress, Senate, President, and in some ways they're in a very strong position, you're never quite sure how that's going to work through. One of the interesting things also is, Claire's alluded to Trump's uh, attitude towards the EU in relation to Brexit, but Trump has been very critical of many status quo institutions, whether it's the UN, the EU, NATO, intelligence services in the last week, you've had a strange situation of this kind of conservative president criticizing the status quo institutions and all the liberal sections of society rushing to their defense whether it's M- M- MI6 or the United Nations or the EU that aside it's, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with Trump being you know the most powerful person in the world and how America deals with those institutions in in the current period and That whole aspect of things, I don't really know what I don't really know what's going to happen. And then the other thing I would just say on the Russia thing is that you know the, the the Russia thing came up after the American elections, and Russia was blamed for what happened. Then Russia got dragged into Brexit. I was reading an article this week from somebody in Russia who's incredulous that they're now being blamed for the failure or, or, or the stalling of the Cyprus reunification talks because they're kept out of it. So the whole idea is preposterous. But now it's just a ready-made excuse for every single thing, anything in the world. Uh, people are seriously saying, it's Russia, they're doing this, whether it's doping in athletics, politics in, uh, in America, or other international interventions, the whole thing is, is, is just crazy.
0: Um, well, yes, I, I mean, just it was remarkable that every lefty liberal in town uh, decided to side with the virtuous CIA, Um, in in their kind of attempt at Putin bashing and Trump bashing. But I I wanted to also note just that that the impact or something to watch, and we can come back and discuss this another time, um, of Tristram Hunt standing down as an MP. And I mention this because I think the Labour Party reaction to um, May's speech has been yet once more confused. And I think that the Labour Party's inability to decide whether it's going to honour... The uh, mandate of the British people in relation to Brexit, you know, the confusion about uh, Corbyn having been a a, a consistent critic of the EU over many years and then somehow leading a party that doesn't know what it's doing has just meant that they feel like such a feeble opposition in so many ways. And I have, you know, some sympathy with somebody like Tristram Hunt, very talented, smart, you know, political uh, 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 guy, you know, kind of walking off in despair and, and 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 obviously not exactly walking into the sunset with nothing to show for it because he's now the director of one of the most important museums in the world. Uh, so it's not a bad kind of payback. But it's actually a kind of really terrible indictment to politics that, that that people walk away from politics like that you know that he's just kind of gone and and the Stoke by election is going to be something to watch one of the things that may has done and this will again be interesting to see how it unravels is that you know farage and ukip can say and do say and they have every reason to say we said all that before Theresa may said it we started it she's stolen our ideas in, you know, they can. In some ways, it might well be that Theresa May has really kind of punctured UKIP's capacity to make a distinction between them and anyone else uh, as it goes. And um, the Lib Dems have absolutely come out now as the Remain party and dropped all vestiges of any uh, uh, claim to be Democrats. But they will gather around them quite a few people, and it does just mean that the Labour Party is just kind of like hovering, uncertain. And I anticipate there'll be a few more people, maybe not heading off to run uh, uh, museums, but I, I, I think they just haven't got a clue. Thanks very much to Claire and Jeff. though we've covered an awful lot of ground in a very short time. If you've enjoyed this podcast
1: and you'd like to listen to some more, visit our podcast page, instituteofideas.com forward slash podcast. And thanks very much for listening.